Welcome to On the Hard Days, a podcast for mothers seeking community and support from those who get it. What if I told you that you are the best mother for your child? What if I told you that despite all the challenges and hardships parenting brings, you already have within you the tools you need to form a strong, positive connection with your child? My name is Megan Champion, and I'm a mother of three young children. I'm also a longtime elementary school educator. Not long ago, I believed I was a bad mother. I believed I was unable to meet my child's needs. I believed that no one understood what I was going through. Finding myself as a parent changed my life, and now I'm on a mission to empower mothers everywhere. Join me as I unpack parenting challenges I've faced and provide practical strategies and takeaways you can use today. It takes a village to raise a child, but mothers need a village too. On the hard days, support is right here. On the hard days, you are not alone. Welcome back. This is episode five entitled The Frying Pan Lesson. And before I jump into this story, um, which I am just dying to tell you, I first want to take a minute to acknowledge my wonderful and growing Facebook community of mothers who are raising challenging kids. We have mothers in that group who have children with ADHD who have children with anxiety, who have children who are gifted, who have children who are twice exceptional, who have children who are just tough, you know, just tough. Maybe they're strong-willed. Maybe they're highly sensitive. And all of these mothers are coming together in this Facebook group to support one another in exactly the way that I've been dreaming of. Someone may post a problem that they're having with a child and ask for either a listening ear or some suggestions, and it's so nice to watch these mothers come together and share in this common goal we all have of bonding and connecting with our kids, but our kids are a little harder to do that with than your typical kid, and that support is crucial. If this sounds interesting to you, and if you feel like you are in need of this kind of a community, where you can say anything and think anything and be real and honest about the challenges of raising these tough kids, then you might want to come to this group. So you can find this Facebook group at On the Hard Days Podcast and Community. And it is a private group, so, you know, there's no sharing of information. And obviously, you don't have to say anything. You can just be a lurker. But um, so far, I'm just so grateful for the community that just joined together with this common understanding of what each other is going through. So I want to give a shout out to that Facebook group. Please come and join us. We are having a great time, and we're just getting started. It's only been around for about a week now. Okay, so I am going to tell you the frying pan story today and the lesson that I learned from it. This was not on my initial radar of episodes I wanted to make. I have this list of episodes that and topics that I want to share because there's so much on my mind about raising my challenging son. And it, honestly, I have been quiet for years. And it's like now that I'm starting this conversation the floodgates have opened and I can't stop. So I have so many topics that I'd like to 
share with you and pick your brain about. And down the road, what I envision for this podcast is eventually to hear some of your stories, you know, as guest speakers on this podcast, because it's not just me with the challenging kid. I know you guys have them too. And I think the more people who share and talk, the more normal, I guess, it it will seem. And the stigma will go away of saying, yeah, I have a challenging kid. Yep, it's not my fault. Yep, I'm struggling and I need support. And that's what I don't think is talked about enough. So that's what I envision for this podcast going down the line. I can't wait to hear your stories. But for now, I'll share mine. And today I'm sharing with you the frying pan lesson. It happened today, this morning. So let me set the scene for you. (laughs) I'm recording this on a Friday. So it's Friday morning. We all are going to school. I am packing backpacks and assembling lunches, getting those water bottles set, grabbing those charged iPads, masks, you know, COVID life. Mr. Seven is sleeping in and Mr. Seven needs to sleep in. I've seen this quote somewhere. I don't know who said it, so I can't give them credit. But if you have heard this before and you know who said it, please DM me so I can give them proper credit. But the quote goes something like this. I don't have a favorite child, but I do have one that I make sure not to wake up. That would be me and Mr. Seven. I will not wake Mr. Seven up unless I absolutely have to. As you can imagine, he pro- he doesn't wake up well if he isn't ready, if his battery isn't charged, so to speak. So anyway, this morning, he was sleeping in, and they typically go to school a little after 8, and it was 7.30. I'm going to my school and bringing Mr. Ford to preschool around 7.45. So we've got to move it. And I know Mr. Seven will be devastated if he wakes up and comes down the stairs and I'm not there. You know, that's, that is handing him a meltdown on a silver platter because he expects me to be there. He expects to come down the stairs and give me a hug and and want to do some snuggling on the couch. And, you know, he has a way and he would be very upset if I wasn't there. So 730 comes around and it's time to wake him up. My husband went up and woke him up, actually, instead of me. I find that he fusses for me. He doesn't fuss as much for my husband. But first thing in the morning, he's going to fuss. And he's going to whine. And, Mommy, I don't want to go to school. And, Mommy, I just want to snuggle. And, Mommy. And and even though I want to be there for him, I have learned over the years that sometimes it's just better to not and to hand off those tasks to someone else. So my husband woke him up and brought him down the stairs. Everything was going fine enough, but then it was time to make the eggs. These eggs, I will tell you, we have chickens. I feel like I've probably mentioned this before, or I certainly have on Instagram, but we have 13 chickens. We are new chicken owners. Everything's going swimmingly. They are laying eggs, uh, even though it's winter, because they are new egg layers. We got a dozen eggs yesterday, so they are definitely laying eggs. Mr. Seven and Mr. Four love to eat them in the morning. They get excited. They pick out two that they want. They wash them off. They crack them. 
Mr. Four doesn't mind getting his hands dirty, but as you can probably imagine, Mr. Seven doesn't like it. So after he does the cracking, I take over and carefully open them so that the yellow yolk doesn't come out smushed because that is very upsetting to Mr. Seven. So I have to be very careful with it. And then Mr. Seven has learned how to cook his own eggs. He's just scrambling them, but he knows how to turn the burner on and he has a certain wooden spatula that he uses for smushing the yolks. And then he has a certain plastic spatula, the tan one, not the black one, that he uses for, you know, pushing the eggs around while they cook. Then, just recently, Mr. Seven has gotten good at turning the burner off sometimes. I'm obviously there to oversee this and pick up the frying pan with his left hand and scrape the eggs with the spatula, the wooden one, not the plastic one, onto a plate. And the first and second time he did that, he was super proud of himself because he is cooking all by himself. And it's, you know, real cooking with, I don't know what real cooking means, but I'm guessing when you use a burner and you actually, you know, heat something to him that feels like real cooking, which is legit. It is real cooking. So this morning, because he slept in, Mr. Four got hungry before Mr. Seven was even up. So Mr. Four went to pick out his eggs. Mr. Four is like a walking army army tank. He just barrels into everything. He's just, he's a football player in the making. He's just rough and tumble. And he gets his eggs and he doesn't mind. He pretty much punches the eggs. <laughs> he opens them by punching them and then they just spill out into the, uh, the pan and I go digging for shells. That's pretty much how Mr. Ford does it. Um, and not only does he not care which spatula he uses, but the egg, the yolks can be smushed. I mean, he just doesn't care. And I have learned, I have just learned that some kids don't care. And it's so easy to say, oh, you know, Mr. Four is such a breath of fresh air. He doesn't even care if his yolks smush. But I don't know. I've learned now that ranking the children like this is not helpful to anybody. You know, if I think in my head how much I appreciate a, a Mr. Four quality that Mr. Seven doesn't have, like, what good does that do me? It doesn't. I don't want to resent my seven-year-old. I don't want to resent my seven-year-old. So Mr. Seven cares about that stuff. He just does. So Mr. Four got his eggs cooked first. Now he's a little different. He does do the stirring. I do work the burners and I do help him with the pan and the scraping, although I'm sure pretty soon he's going to want to do what Mr. Seven does, but I don't trust him with a hot pan. So let's just put it out there. So he makes his eggs. Now, a couple days ago, when there were eggs involved, Mr. Seven got upset because he wanted to be the first person to use this eight inch, you know, smaller sized frying pan because he wants a clean pan. And Mr. Four, you know, I was like, buddy, it's just little crumbs of egg. Like, it's fine. It's the same. It's fine. I mean, I don't know why I bother even saying these things because they mean nothing to a kid like him. That actually makes it worse. And that day I learned that he wants a clean pan. Well, this morning I'm rushing to work here. Like I am rushing to work and I had a sick dog last night. I'm not making excuses, but like I'm making excuses. I have a sick dog. I was up all night. There was a pull up leak from Mr. Four at three in the morning. And I just don't want to play these egg games right before school. But 
Sometimes it's better to just do it, honestly, in the moment. You can pick your battles later, but like this is just one I don't feel like dealing with. So because I knew he wanted a clean pan, before he even came down the stairs, I washed the pan from Mr. Four. However, (laughs) the eggs were like sticking to the bottom because I used a spray and not butter and I am not a chef and I just don't care and I washed the pan with a cloth and soap and water, but I didn't brillo the pan. I didn't scrub every single speck off. And so after I washed it, it still had some specks in it. Now they were like dried, hardened to the bottom of the pan. It's not like flakes of egg were going everywhere. I can't even believe I'm analyzing eggs to this degree on a podcast, but here I am. So I'm sure you can guess what happened. Mr. Seven picks out his eggs. Again, he slept in, so the longer he sleeps, the hungrier he is. But so it's like a toss-up. Do I wake him because he's hungry or let him sleep because he's tired? And it's just a battle we pick all the time. And he's hungrier, and so he, he gets hangry, like extremely hangry. And he sees that the... So I spray the pan. I spray the pan. I put it down. I turn on the burner. And he sees that there's still some dried crumbs to the bottom of the pan, and he starts fussing, which quickly turns. I mean, when I say fussing, it's, it's like a whine, but there's yelling, like it's a loud whine and and it's very quick to turn to screaming very quick. So you call it what you want, whining, screaming, crying. It, It all is the same for him. And he starts, you know, freaking out over the pan. And I'm like, I have got to go. Like, I've got to go. I've got to get Mr. Four. We have to go. Where's your shoes? Did you brush your teeth? Oh my gosh. And I say to Mr. Seven, buddy, I washed it. I'm like begging him at this point. This is where I was at this morning. Oh my gosh. I'm like begging him, buddy, I washed the pan. I washed it with soap and water. I swear there's just a couple crumbs and they're stuck to the bottom, but I washed it. No, my eggs are going to taste disgusting. They're gross. I'm not going to eat them. I can't do this. You know, my husband takes a turn, buddy. You know, we're trying the rationale approach this morning, which is dumb because it doesn't work. It doesn't even work ever with him, but especially not when he's hangry or late for school. Like this is not the morning. So he does a little screaming. I'm quickly trying to get shoes on Mr. Four and he's, you know, Mr. Four is like running laps around the house. Surprised he hasn't stripped himself naked and like, he's just something else. So then I don't know, it might've been my husband who came up with this And I'll give him credit if it is. I can't remember. But somebody said, well, can I just use another frying pan? Now, we have two more. They're big size. I don't know. Normal, standard size. Probably like 12 inch, maybe. And I'm like, go for it, buddy. Like, I don't care. Let's dirty two pans. I don't care. It's time to go to school for me and Mr. Four. The twins still have a little bit of time. So he goes, all right, Mr. Seven's happy with that. He takes out uh, a bigger frying pan, (sighs) sets it on the burner, back to spraying the pan, back to turning the burner on, back to cracking the eggs that he cracks and I open so his hands don't get dirty because he doesn't like washing his hands. And the next meltdown starts. And really, even though these are separated by a few minutes of calm, I've learned over the years that really it's all one meltdown. And here's a big thing. Like 
here's a big thing. I'm climbing to the roof and I'm yelling this with my cupped hands, okay? Just because screaming stops or tears stop doesn't mean it's over. I can't tell you how many times people think, and even I used to think, you know, oh my God, he's screaming, he's screaming. And then I go, hey, Mr. Seven, you know, how long are an eagle's wings or I don't know, something. He snaps out of it in in a second, in a hot second. And you go, oh, was that even a real meltdown if he's able to snap himself out of it so quick? Yes. The answer is yes. There's no rhyme or reason to the way a meltdown needs to look to qualify as a meltdown. And that is something I've learned along the way. And I'm here to share this golden nugget of wisdom to you. Meltdowns can take many different forms. Generally, there's screaming involved and probably crying and possibly being aggressive or all of the above. But they can stop and then restart. Because until Mr. Seven gets this out of his system, this negative energy that he's got, until it comes out, he's going to scream about something. So it's just like this continuous blah with maybe a few moments of peace here and there. So takes out the big frying pan. We spray it, crack the eggs. As he's cooking it, and I'm not standing near him because he also wants to surprise me with the fact that he can cook this all on his own, even though I already know he can. And today is not the day for a surprise. But again, I'm trying not to pick my battles. Or maybe I am picking my battles. I'm just trying to keep the peace in my house. So he does not want me. Don't even come near me. Don't even come near me, he's saying. And then he starts screaming because the pan is too big and it makes his eggs seem too small. Right? His eggs seem too small. He's used to using the 8-inch pan and now he's using the 12-inch pan and he's not used to it. And so the eggs look smaller, cooked. I barely have any eggs at all. This is the smallest amount of eggs I've ever had. I never have eggs this small. Oh, I don't want these eggs, blah, 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 blah. And so we're trying to tell him, buddy, you're using a bigger pan. He's, he's a gifted child, people. He should be able to wrap his brain around that kind of, I don't know, concept of science. And, and I think he can. I'm, I'm not certainly not insulting his intelligence by any means. I think his emotions get in the way of logical thought. And he can't. He just can't. He can't even. So he's screaming about the size of the pan, but at this point, the eggs are cooking, right? And he's screaming, and now the eggs are going to burn. I go over to turn off the burner because he's crying, and he freaks out because I touched the burner. I mean, touch the, you know, touch the knob to turn the burner off. I'm like, sorry, buddy. <laughs> I'm, I'm like on autopilot this morning. And so I turn the burner back on, but now it's ruined because it, it went off, and now it went on, and it should have just stayed on, and I wasn't supposed to see, and I wasn't supposed to touch it, and now his breakfast is just trash. So again, I walk away. I don't even have words this morning. I really was struggling. And so was he. And finally, his eggs are done. He goes to pick up the pan in his left hand and the spatula in his right, the wooden one, not the plastic one. And the pan is heavy. And he's trying with all his might to scrape those eggs onto his plate like he always does. But the pan is heavy, and he's starting to lose his grip. I hear my husband go, Buddy, you're going to dump the eggs all over the floor. (sighs) And that doesn't 
make him any happier either. Now, if we hadn't done that, or if my husband hadn't said that, those eggs would have dumped on the floor, and my husband's not a fool. We've been down this road before. What's worse, a meltdown because we gave him advice that he didn't want, or when he dumps his whole breakfast on the floor? And, you know, dumping your breakfast on the floor? Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. So he said, you're going to dump the eggs, and that's when Mr. Seven just loses it. He's, he's already gone, but now he's, he's really gone. And he's just screaming about how his breakfast is ruined and how we weren't supposed to see and it was supposed to be a surprise. And at that point, I go into the basement to get Mr. Four's backpack on him. And like, I'm starting to usher him to the car and I hear Mr. Seven upstairs going, but she didn't even say goodbye and I wasn't ready for that. And so I, I feel guilty. Mom guilt kicks in and I go back up and I'm like, buddy, I'm right here. Let's have a hug. Like, it's going to be okay. Please just go eat your food. I know when he takes one bite, he'll be better. And he just keeps screaming, and I leave. And I leave. And picture that scene. Just picture the scene. By the way, Mr. Seven doesn't wear PJs <laughs> to bed. He's in underwear. but So he's just this bag of bones, just cold and shivering at the counter because he doesn't want to pick out his own clothes because he doesn't want to make a trip up the stairs, and I didn't get his clothes yet, et cetera, et cetera. So he's cold and shivering. He's trying to cook eggs. He's, you know, trying to lift this heavy pan. He just woke up. He won't let anybody else help him, but it has to be done perfect. And it's just hard. So I just shut the door. I just shut the door and I walked out. Mr. Four and I have a silent car ride to preschool. I have an episode coming up about that too. Just, you know, the sibling effect and how... These things really affect Mr. Four and especially Miss Seven. And I have to admit and be completely transparent, I have a lot of guilt about that. I have a lot of guilt that I'm working on about Miss Seven and, and Mr. Four and what they see and what they hear. And anyway, that's for another episode. So I left. I just left. And we had our silent car ride, and Mr. Four went into school happily. and then I peeled out and drove like a mad woman to school. As I'm driving like a mad woman, my good friend gives me a call. And we often talk on the way to work, which I have like a 10-minute drive. It's the shortest commute. If you have challenging kids at home, or even just if you're raising young kids, sometimes you just want a longer commute. But no, it's super short. Anyway, so we're talking on the phone as I'm driving, hands-free, of course. And I tell her the story, and I, I paint the picture, and I set the scene, and she knows Mr. Seven, and she knows me. And she can picture the crying and the screaming, just the eggs and the, <laughs> the sick dog and the milk on the counter and Miss Seven whining about her shirt and Mr. Four running laps in my house. It's just total mayhem, like total mayhem. And she says the wisest words. <laughs> I'm still laughing about it. I, I laughed for like five minutes. And now hours later, I'm still laughing because gosh, is it just genius. And she says, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go into school and you're going to decompress. And then once you've recovered, you're going to go on Amazon and you're going to buy a freaking 
frying pan <laughs> in the size that he wants. And it was like, wow, she's smart, that one. She knows what she's talking about. It's not all looks with her. She's got some brains going on. Me, on the other hand, it's like a dumbbell. Like, hello? Buy another pan. The small size. The eight inch. Why do we only have one? I don't know. Who needs two small frying pans? We have two big ones. That's weird enough. But like, who's like, you know what I need, guys? I need two frying pans, eight inch size, because I have a seven-year-old who needs a certain pan to be clean and sparkling and unused every morning. And so when she said, just buy another one, I just, like, I'm still in shock from just the, the genius of it. Because here's the thing, and here's my message for you moms raising challenging kids. If you're like me, you get caught up in it, you know? You get caught up in the fact that what we see from Mr. Seven, we've been seeing since he was 10 months old. It's been a long time. And you get caught up in the, those moments, and it's almost like you can't take a step back. You know, you need somebody else who wasn't there to be able to reflect on the situation and, and offer the right kind of advice. And that's what I needed to hear this morning. Because raising challenging kids, sometimes or often, you feel like your hands are tied. You feel like you're walking on eggshells. You feel like there are no solutions. Now, there might be solutions to certain problems, but you almost can't clear your head to see it because it's just so foggy. Like, my brain is foggy. And I can't think straight. Sometimes. Often. So... Whenever Mr. Seven has one of these types of moments, what I find myself doing is reflecting in a negative way. And it's like, why can't he just? Or why didn't I just? What was I thinking by saying that? It would have been helpful if my husband that. None of those are productive steps. So I can't often think logically because I'm just caught up in it. And it's my son. It's my child. I want him to be happy, but I also want a peaceful home. And I just can't always think of the logical solution to things. And so my message for you is if you find yourself in that similar position and you're foggy-headed from just the, the nonstop meltdowns and the screaming, Sometimes, maybe, you might want to ask a friend for help because they may be able to say to you, well, have you ever thought about this? And truthfully, you never did think about it. And it's simple. Why would I continue to pick this battle with Mr. Seven over these eggs 
I'm going to curse that we ever had chickens in the first place because he didn't even eat eggs until we had chickens. Why am I going to pick that battle and insist that he uses a dirty pan or insist that he gets one of the big pans or insist that I turn the burner off because he's going to burn them? Why? Why? Are his requests unreasonable? Sometimes. Yes, sometimes they are. To, you know, to me. A sparkling clean pan to me seems crazy. To a perfectionist who has anxiety, who may have OCD down the line, um, you know, that's not that unreasonable. And as his mother, what's my job? What is my job here? Is my job to change him? into someone who doesn't care about those things on a Friday morning when we're late for school? No, it's not. I'm not sure it's ever a good time. I'm not going to change my son. And it's like, well, if I just reason with him. No, no. Or if I just control him in that moment and he just has to adjust, he just has to deal with it. You got to get over it. Right? Those words I'm sure you've heard. No. Mr. Seven doesn't get over things. Mr. Seven doesn't forget. Wouldn't it be easier to just, and I whisper this, have another frying pan? Right? Wouldn't that be easier? Now, it would be good for my sanity. It would be good for his mental health in that moment. It would be good for everybody. We would have a peaceful home. Down the road, I can address this issue. Down the road in counseling, we can address this issue if I really want to. I can go down that road and say, hey, buddy, it bugs me that you won't use a dirty pan. Let's talk about this. Why? Why? What is the point? So to you, I say, but I'm really telling myself, you're not going to change your kid. You're not going to change your child. The negative behaviors, the screaming, the meltdowns, there will be strategies over the years that your child will hopefully utilize, which will help, maybe. But you're not going to change your child. So in these moments, if no one's gotten hurt, you know, it's not like he threw a punch or, you know, there's certain reasons and there's certain... um, Things that could come up. There's certain situations that could occur that would require a swifter response and a stricter response. This isn't one of them. He just wants a clean pan. Could I have scrubbed it and taken the 30 seconds to get a Brillo pad out? Yes, I could have. I was being stubborn and I wasn't thinking clearly and I forgot that it's easier to just do it. (laughs) Because For a mom, you need the easy way out sometimes. Not everything has to be hard. Not everything has to be done the right way, quote unquote. You can do things that make life easier. You can buy McDonald's once a week for your kids. Is it garbage? Yes. But once in a while, it just makes life easier. You can buy your child Velcro shoes. Should they be able to tie their own shoes at whatever age? Maybe. 
but Velcro is easier. Do you see where I'm going with this? You need to take care of you, moms, by simply not choosing that battle today. So my good friend put this in perspective so clearly with the simplest of sentence, just buy another pan. And so when I got to school, when I had some free time on my lunch, not only did I buy one, I bought two. I bought two pans. They are five-inch frying pans, people. I didn't know they existed. They're perfect for one or two eggs, says the description. You know who eats one or two eggs? Mr. Seven and Mr. Four. And they're blue. And they're cute, if you could call a pan such a thing. And they are going to be so thrilled because you know what? Now they both have a pan. And I will never, ever have to face the dirty pan issue again. Crisis averted. And so now I'm starting to look at other things in my life. And it's like, what drives Mr. Seven crazy? What is an easy way to solve the problem? Does it address the issue at hand on a deep level and make him confront it and get over it? No. But like, who cares? Maybe sometimes it's just easier. So here's another example. For whatever reason, you know, we have our heat set and at certain times it clicks on and clicks off. And when Mr. Seven is trying to fall asleep at night, he can't stand to hear the heater. It drives him bananas. I don't. I think it scares him. It just he ha- he hates the the fact that it startles him, and he's unprepared for it. So he, I often forget, and it's it's set to whatever time where it clicks on while he's probably still awake. And he usually calls for us, and the heat's bothering him, and he doesn't like the noise. Well, sometimes I could say, or my husband could say. No big deal. You know, I, I know you don't like the heater. It's going to be off soon. You know, it'll be off soon. Just just hang tight. It'll be done soon. No, it's not going to be done soon. I don't want to hear it. Make it stop. Or you know what else I could do? I could turn the heat off. Right? It's mind blowing. I could just click it off for the 20 minutes until he falls asleep. And then I can turn it back on. It's this kind of thing. Where in my son's day can I make life easier for him? Because you know what? If it's easier for him, then it's easier for me. And when mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And when Mr. Seven ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. So I challenge you, moms, what could you do to make your life easier? What could you do to make your child's life easier? And it might not get to the root of the problem. And it might not address the fact that they really should be able to do X, Y, and Z. But like, they can't. They can't. So forget what they should be able to do. Take them where they are. How could you make life easier so to avoid this issue? One less issue in your day. I want you to send me a DM. And I want you to tell me one small little, it could be silly, like a frying pan. Small little silly thing, a change that you could make to your child's day that would eliminate one meltdown. Think about it. Stop trying to change them. Today is not that day. You can try again tomorrow or next year or in 10 years. But for today, make your life easier. Eliminate one meltdown 
by solving the problem in a simple and easy way. And that, my friends, is my frying pan lesson. If this resonated with you, I would really love for you to reach out. You can DM me. I'm on Instagram at on the hard days. There's a dot in between each word. You can join our Facebook group on the hard days podcast and community. You can go to my website on the hard You can email me on the hard days at gmail.com. You know, I could go on and on. I think you're sensing a trend here, but the whole point of this is community. The point of this podcast is community. So reach out, you know, if you feel comfortable, share what you wish, but reach out and let's start talking. Let's continue this conversation off of the podcast. Let's bring it out into the world. Let's eliminate our children's meltdowns one small, ridiculously dumb issue at a time. And finally, in order to get more moms hearing the podcast, I need to ask for a favor. Many of you have been listening and liking, and I've had a couple reviews, which I truly appreciate, but to really get it in the ears of other moms, it needs to be shared. I'm sharing it as much as I can, but you know, these things take time to get out there. I would be grateful, truly grateful, if you could share this episode with one mother that you know who's raising a challenging kid. Just one. Share it with them on social media, tag me in it. Um, And that is the best way to spread this podcast to other mothers who need the support and community. So go start right now. Go eliminate that meltdown. I want you to think. I want you to make a decision. And today you're going to try one small thing. You're going to problem solve one small issue. Pick a tiny one, but eliminate that one meltdown. And that's one less meltdown you had to deal with today. I'm so grateful that you joined me today and are supporting my mission of bringing mothers together. You can find me on Instagram at ontheharddays with dots in between each word and on my website ontheharddays.com. I'd also love for you to join our active Facebook group where we talk more specifically about challenges our children are facing at On The Hard Days podcast and community. And if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. This will allow even more mothers to find us and join the community. Thank you so much. 